Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about why the Trump derangement syndrome. The Democrat convention is the Marxist revolution. Democrats go postal over mail-in ballots and the Florida boat parade. And I'll tell you, of course, why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I called this segment Why Trump Derangement Syndrome because I want to introduce something to you that I just watched portions of over the weekend. I will watch the whole thing. But before I get to telling you about that, I just want you to step back and think for a moment how hysterical the reaction has been to the election of Donald Trump in 2016. This may be obvious to say, but you could just run down a list of things we all could list. The entire concocted frame up of the Trump campaign, later known as the Trump-Russia collusion, which was simply the Russia collusion hoax. And after millions of dollars, all the investigation, nothing to it but it was an orchestrated, broadly, uh, broadly engaged in mission to attack President Trump, not just to give him a few black, black eyes that maybe would look bad during his presidency, but to try to cause him to be removed from the presidency. You had the completely cooked up, non-existent collusion hoax, followed by the impeachment effort. You had the effort to impeach him. And honestly, if you made this in a movie script, or a book script, someone would tell you, this is preposterous, this is silly, you can't sell this kind of story, that you could actually impeach a president for doing something that the opposing party's president actually did and said on live camera, but the person being impeached did nothing of the sort. And yet these people, now when I say these people, it's the, Dem the leaders of the Democrat party, it is a ruling elite class in Washington, D.C., not just in Congress and the Senate, but in the, in the agencies around the federal government. It is the media, it is Hollywood, it's the entire orchestrated effort to remove a president over having done absolutely nothing wrong. Other little alleged scandals along the way included his paying someone out of not taxpayer dollars, but his own money, apparently paid people to keep stories quiet, which I guess many famous people have done. The point is, there has been effort after effort after effort after effort to destroy President Trump. And I talk about it quite often, just in the perspective that Obama, in the eight years of President Obama preceding President Trump's victory in 2016, you had eight years of the effort to turn this country radical socialist leftist. That was the effort of the Obama administration, the commitment the, that was the fundamental transformation that the Obama administration tried to bring about, not just through pushing through socialized medicine in his very first uh, two years, which he could do because he still had the White House, the Senate, and the House, so he could do that, but you had the ongoing effort to massively expand the power and control of the federal government over a, an otherwise free market economy. You had surrender of jobs moving away, the growth of the welfare state, the dependency state, many, many steps any card-carrying socialist would engage in, President Obama did during those eight years. 
But there's a, as we have seen also, and we talked about in this show many times, you saw the weaponization of the federal government against the American people. We all saw it with the IRS, the targeting of groups that were trying to get organized in some way as Tea Party groups and get their tax exempt certification of 501c3 or 4. And you had the IRS simply refusing to cooperate, refusing to follow the law, just literally hand you know just just strangling these organizations they try to get their message out so you had that weaponization you clearly had the weaponization as all of america is aware of now of the fbi and the doj against candidate trump and against president trump the actual use of people in federal power to to push the agenda of the radical left the marxist left in this country that is now on the rise so there is a video out now, a video that I want to tell you a little bit more about, and I'm going to watch the whole thing, but it's a bit, video by a woman named Millie Weaver, and she called it Shadowgate. Millie Weaver's the woman, Shadowgate, and she has apparently a following in some, she's not on a major network uh, program, but she has a following, and she's basically making the argument that what we saw uncovered, America saw uncovered, and you know, millions of Americans were aware of, for example, Edward Snowden coming forward and talking about how there is a massive spying network, spying operation engaged in at the federal government level by the NSA on the American people, not just on suspects for crimes, not just people they have a reasonable basis to be concerned about, but just massive data collection on every American and certainly on people in power in our government. So you had that massive thing happening. You had Snowden come forward. You know, now he's, 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 um, he, he released all of that. So the American public became aware of it. We became aware, apparently, John Brennan lied about that to Congress when he was testifying. So you had, a ma you had acknowledgement by an insider of massive gathering of data by the federal government, failure to remove that data from the system, even if it was picked up, you know, uh, accidentally or circumstantially, uh, holding on to that data. So you had data collection by the federal government. You had Snowden letting people know that happened. And what this woman is talking about, Millie Weaver is talking about in her Shadowgate video is the idea that there was ongoing under the Obama administration a massive misuse of the kind of data the federal government can and does collect to literally force the radical transformation, the, the fundamental transformation of America away from a free country into the Marxist leftist controlled country that President Obama dreams of, that is his mission, that is his national identity. So she talks about the idea, or I will float the idea. Let me just think about the things that have been inexplicable. Why would Chief Justice John Roberts, formerly, apparently, a relative, relatively conservative constitutionalist, all of a sudden go AWOL? Why, in opinion after opinion, would he begin siding with the radical left in making this, in issuing decisions in the Supreme Court that have no basis in constitutional law? And the, the liberal wing of the court is not ever about following the Constitution. They're about making up stuff as they go along. But John Roberts basically has switched sides. He's joined the radical Marxist left, represented by the four liberal judges, justices on the Supreme Court. Why could this data collection effort have resulted in information that it was used against him. And I'm raising this point to say her point in this video is the idea that we are only beginning to understand the level of corruption 
at the level of malevolent societal manipulative control engaged in by the Obama administration against Americans using the data they were collecting. We had a very large, unusually large number of Republicans announce people who are members of the United States House, U.S. Congress, announced they weren't running again. Many people, I mean, it's one thing if you decide not to run after a long time or because you have some other reason everyone's aware of, you know, some family issue. But we had an inordinate number, a large number of Republicans announcing they weren't going to run again in 2018, I think in 16, but definitely in 18. And, and, and many people asked, why are so many not running? I asked different members. I asked people who've been on my show, members of Congress, What's happening here? And they all said, well, you know, people have different reasons. They have businesses. They have lives. But there is growing concern that this massive abuse of the NSA's ability to gather data on individual Americans, to keep it, to use it against them, was weaponized against the American people under the Obama administration for decades. And for, not for decades, excuse me, for the two terms of the Obama administration, bringing about radical change in any way they could, including using information arguably illegally obtained, most certainly illegally retained, to steer America in the radical leftist agenda, the radical leftist direction that President Obama always wanted. This video, and not just this one woman's video, although I think she's put a pretty persuasive case together, but other people making the point, we really, really need to have everything that was so corrupt, so manipulative, so dishonest, so abusive that happened under the Obama administration, we have to have that go be uncovered. It all has to come out. So I'll go back to the question I started my first slide with today. What explains Trump derangement syndrome? Why is the left so crazed against President Trump? And a big reason, and it's not just the left, be very, you know, to happily uh, include everyone who involved, who uh, is, you know, worthy of being questioned or accused about this. There are people on the right in our country, members of the United States Senate, Republicans, who also seem to be behaving oddly, saying they're going to pursue hearings, they're going to get to the bottom of things, and never doing it, always having one excuse after the next. We were going to dig in and find out, but then we thought we'll hold back, and it never happens. So the answer to my question at the first five about why is Trump derangement system so, uh, syndrome so widely held, it is in the media, it's in the, it's in the DOJ, the FBI, the entire orchestrated attempt to remove President Trump may just be because all these people involved in this massive effort to spy on American people, to use the data against the American people, maybe those people got deeply worried that a guy like President Trump, whose, you know, his life's an open book. He is a guy who's been in the media and headlines for decades. He's a billionaire, his lifestyle well known to people, and a guy who, came, who campaigned on, who promised, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to find out what's happening in Washington. I'm going to clean up Washington. Maybe those people engaged in this massive, illicit, nefarious, manipulative information gathering and use of information against the American people, maybe that whole cabal decided, you know what, Trump could be a real danger because Trump really may get to the bottom of all that we have been doing. Trump really may expose all of what we've been doing over eight years plus. And that reason, for that reason alone, Trump had to be attacked 
maligned. There had to be an effort to remove him every step of the way. We'll follow the story more. I'm, as I say, I'll watch the whole video. I'll research some more of it. But many of the pieces she's pointing to are irrefutable, are irrefutable. The NSA has abused its power in collecting data. It apparently is still doing that today. It is, it is retaining data. It doesn't need to be retaining. The entire unmasking fiasco. We had Rosemary Collier of the FISA court pointing out what is the reason all of these NSA requests were made and the unmasking requests were made. And then those that the data collected was then shared with agencies, non-government entities outside of the NSA. Other agencies and organizations, not government agencies, private agencies, very connected to the Obama administration, run by Obama allies and affiliates. That information gathered by NSA came to the attention of the FISA court when they finally had the big blow up and said, what are you doing here? And you had Rosemary Collier writing her famous lengthy memo asking why in the world was all this unmasking done and why was it given to all of these non-governmental entities which include, as I say, entities run by Obama cohorts, colleagues, and allies. There's a lot to this story, and there's a lot of explanation, I think, coming out of why the left has been so hysterically determined to remove President Trump. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. I want to tell you about something interesting. I call this next segment the uh, Democrat Convention is the Marxist Revolution. But I really want to talk, tell you about something first, and then I'll tell you why I say this. So over this past weekend, uh, a longtime friend of my husband and mine, uh, who is a very um, well-known figure um, in national security in Washington, D.C., was here, and we, uh, here visiting, and we had a long meeting with him. And one thing that came out of this meeting I want to share with you, and I really want to urge you to think about this, is too many Americans think of 2020 as just the next election cycle. And you know, we always have, we have a candidate for the Republican Party, we have a candidate for the Democrat Party, sometimes we have Green Party, sometimes we have Libertarian Party, who knows also. And you know, we have people, uh, you know, are kind of flash in the pan, say they're going to run, and they discover no one's interested in their candidacy. But we always have two candidates in the major parties, and everyone in the country expects one of those two people will win. And everyone in the country expects, pretty much, that America is going to continue being America, no matter which of those two candidates wins. But what came out of this conversation, and this is really, it wasn't exactly news because it was many pieces and stories and, and, and arguments I've made to you in the show many times, but it really coalesced in my thinking. We in this country, we are not just watching Antifa tear up cities. We're not just watching the Marxist Black Lives Matter movement destroy property and cars and cities and claim areas as their own. We are not just watching radicals uprising similar to the 1960s when we had a lot of anti-war protests. We are watching the actual beginning of the Marxist revolution in this country. It's not just politics. It's not just reaction to the horrific killing uh, that occurred in the hands of the Minneapolis police of George Floyd has nothing to do with George Floyd. We are watching the Marxist revolution right in front of us. This election is about 
accepting or rejecting the Marxist revolution in this country. That's the central issue of the 2020 elections. You can say it's border security. You can say it's immigration policy. You can say it's all sorts of uh, you know wealth redistribution. But the central issue in 2020 is America going to insist and retain the idea of America or surrender to the Marxist revolution that is right in front of our faces. It's right in front of us. And you know, you hear people all the time, we've had them on this show, we'll have them again, who grew up in Cuba or who grew up in Venezuela and have talked about the idea that when the revolution came along, when the Marxist takeover happened, they didn't see it for what it was. They didn't know what it was. They didn't see, oh, this guy Castro, he's probably you know going to end up depriving us of all of our rights and freedoms. They saw a guy who promised them a lot of great things and he sounded like he loved the people and he was there with the real people. And so they brought him to power. Same thing in Venezuela with Chavez. He didn't get elected by announcing, I'm engaging in the Marxist takeover of this country. He got elected by pointing out alleged inadequacies, unfairnesses, promises to make things fair, promise to make things right, all exactly the same, exactly the same. With, as what the Democrat Party is promising America today. That's what is happening in America. We are America pre-Castro, America pre-Chavez. Now you might say, yeah, but you know, this is America. We have the Democrat Party. They've been around forever. They're not going to take us down the road of Chavez or of Castro but yes, they are. Yes, they are. And that's what I want to hit. Today, the convention starts, Democrat convention starts in Milwaukee, such as it is. It's, you know, remote and everyone's going to be sitting home in front of their computers and, you know, blathering away. That's what the convention is. But I want to just tell you a few things. I'm going to lay out a lot of this over the next several weeks. But you have to understand the policies the Democrat Party is putting forward, the arguments they are making are exactly the same as what Chavez said in Venezuela, as what Castro said in Cuba, exactly the same arguments. We're watching the Marxist revolution and we have for our friends, some of us have our friends on the left in this country who really aren't radical Marxists, they're not radical socialists, but they have been lured in, they have been duped, they've been lied to by the press in this country, by the media in this country to believe the lies of the left so that they think the only way to solve all the violence in the cities, the only way to solve these problems, the only way is to get rid of Trump and then we'll have peace. And it's exactly the opposite. If you vote Democrat this time, if you vote for Biden-Harris or whoever is going to eventually run the country because it's not going to be Biden, if you vote for them, you're voting for Chavez, you're voting for Castro. Understand that the policies they will bring are exactly like that. Now I want to tell you quick little um, fact points about Biden. We had on the show months ago Trevor Loudon. Um, he is a great, great thinker and writer. He happens to be Australian by background. His book is called White House Reds. Reds as in communists. White House Reds. Brilliant book written while he has still had 16 Democrat candidates for president, and he wrote about basically about each of them and their connection to radical communism. About Biden. The one who runs is a moderate. The ones who all the Democrats in the country say, well, I was okay with Biden. I didn't like the other crazies running for president on the Democrat side, but Biden, you know, he's kind of mainstream. Let me just tell you a few things to remember about Joe Biden. Did you realize when he first ran for United States Senate from the state of Delaware, listen to what I'm saying. When he first began running, 
The only office he ever held was something like city council. He had never been a Delaware state rep, a Delaware state senator. He had, he had no, even statewide in that tiny little state, he had no statewide identity. And he ran against an incumbent Republican, a Republican who had been there uh, for a long time, who had, eight, who had at that time he ran an 81% favorable rating. The Republican holding the Senate seat that Biden went for back in 1972 had an 81% approval rating. Nixon had won the state by 65% of the vote. And Biden, no, no political identity, no political resume to sell, took out a popular 81% approval rate Republican and pulled off a victory in the, to get a seat in the United States Senate by 3,162 votes. How did he do that? And he's been there ever since. He's been in Washington ever since. A do-nothing guy, a no-accomplishment guy in the Senate all that time. And I'm going to tell you how he did that. Again, read Trevor Loudon's book. But I wanted to share this with you. When I say that this Democrat convention is a Marxist convention, understand, these are the Russia supporters. So you had Biden running for Senate, but he got the support of, the, um, the backing of, the surreptitious hidden backing of the Council for a Livable World. Well, that sounds pretty nice. Who doesn't want a livable world? Council for a Livable World. What is that group? It is a Russian-funded group in Washington with the singular mission of disarming America. Russian-led group funding, orchestrating, and they, it wasn't just this campaign. This organization, one of their tactics was to get their way in these elections. One of their tactics was to identify small states, small races, where they could get someone they could completely control, get someone in office they could buy their way into the election, give that person back and they could completely control them. And then when they had them in, they had them under their thumb. This is who Joe Biden is. This is how he got elected. Interestingly, Al Gore Sr., you know, the uh, father of the Al Gore, the lunatic climate change guy, but Al Gore Sr. was affiliated with Council for a Livable World. He was so impressed with Biden that he had that group send out an email to their followers and say, hey, this guy Biden looks pretty good. You know, we ought to get behind him. He's looking pretty good. So that group managed to collect basically one third of all the money that Biden raised in this race. So one third of the money Biden raised to win a Senate seat after having no previous seat at all came from Al Gore Sr. and the Council for a Livable World. Throughout Biden's time in the United States Senate, he was consistently arguing against the growth and protection and development of America's nuclear program. He was consistently protective of Russia, consistently fighting against the efforts America had to rein in Russia's nuclear program. He has made good on his promise. And it's not just back when he ran in 1972, because that was a long time ago. And so I'll just tell you that even as recently as 2010, the year 2010, Biden said in the speech 
in Nashville, Tennessee, about the Council for a Livable World. He's describing what happened when he goes there to be interviewed. He gets a call from Al Gore Sr. saying, hey, I'd like to talk to you, young man. And he goes, so I showed up in Senator Gore's apartment in the Methodist House, Caddy Corn, the Supreme Court. I sat there. It was basically, it was an interview. I didn't realize it. Senator Gore, who had left the Senate two years earlier, said, I'm going to help you. So if you want to blame anybody for my being a U.S. Senator elected seven times and a vice president, it's all the fault of former Senator Gore. Very important other fact is this organization this, that they're part of, Council for a Livable World, again, they come up with great names, Council for a Livable World, uh, was funded in part by a very rich man, Armand Hammer. Armand Air, M-A-N-D, Hammer. Armand Hammer, a longtime head of Occidental Petroleum, and Armand Hammer was one of the most famous Soviet operatives in American history. So Al Gore, raising money for Biden in an organization funded and run by Armand Hammer, a guy, a Soviet operative in the United States of America. He, Armand Hammer, was a, a son of the Communist Party USA founder, um, Julius Hammer. He made millions trading with the newly founded Soviet Union. I mean, I'm getting at the point just because Joe Biden smiles and looks presidential if he never opens his mouth, you have to understand his roots, his loyalty, his money come from radical leftist sources, always determined, always committed to disarming America and supporting Russia. And the other half of his ticket, you have, as everyone now knows by now, Joe Biden has chosen Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris. We'll be talking a lot more about her. But when I say that the Democrat convention is the Marxist revolution in this country, you have to understand the policies the Democrats are now embracing. There's, there's no breathing room between the Democrats' policies and those of the Marxist leftists in this country. They, the Democrats are the Marxists. We're watching a Marxist revolution right in front of our faces. Kamala Harris, I'll just say one thing today about her, get back to more about her. She's a huge supporter of the Green New Deal. If you watch a show a long time and you've heard my interviews with experts about the Green New Deal, if you think the Green New Deal is about protecting clean air and clean water, you have no idea what you're talking about. It's important to know this. The Green New Deal is a Marxist effort to take over America. That's what the Green New Deal is. It is completely obliterating our ability to rely on reliable fossil fuels. It demands irrational deadlines of getting rid of all fossil fuels and the, and the growth and production of fuels like solar power and wind power, which if you actually, we've had an expert on this show do it, break down the Green New Deal and say, you know, what is it going to take to get there? You'd have to cover the entire continental U.S. with windmills and solar panels to get to the level of energy production, energy production they are saying they can have happen to, to replace what we're doing with fossil fuels and fracking. So Green New Deal, radical, and, and if it, first of all, and the environmental stuff is just a piece of the Green New Deal. Green New Deal has housing mandates where we're all going to end up having to live in houses that can't stay warm in the winter and can't stay cool in the summer and are more closely congregated because you know how leftists want everyone to live in the same place and be under their control. The Green New Deal guarantees jobs to people. Nothing to do with the environment. It's the Marxist takeover of America. It's the Marxist agenda 
and disguised as an environmental bill. This is where Kamala Harris is, one of her huge efforts. We'll talk more about her, but you have to understand she is being built up as this, wow, you know, she's a very experienced, she's been a prosecutor, she's very, she has a lovely appearance, she is able to speak articulately, she's well-educated, a lot of things to say about her background, but at the end of the day, what I care the most about is understanding you can't, you, it'll be nearly impossible to get America back if you let these people win this election of 2020. Our job, the job of patriots, is to spread the word, spread the information about how truly radically Marxist left the Democrat Party has become, Kamala Harris is, the idea that Vice President Biden, now presidential candidate Biden, has been funded by Russia for decades, a, an organization committed to making sure America, gets, America is disarmed so we can't defend ourselves. That's who funds this guy and has funded him continually. He gives remarks at speech and speeches thanking them for the great job they did at getting him elected and continue to support him, and he has done their bidding. I got to try to hit uh, two other quick, quick topics today. I, I got a little bit uh, late start today, so I can't do all the uh, time I want to in that. But I want you to understand the Democrat convention unfolding right now. The Democrat, the political race we're looking at in the fall is either keep America and keep freedom or go Marxist and surrender your liberty. That is where we are. The two people who happen to win the nomination, who are going to be on the ballot apparently in November on the Democrat side, they may look like they are thoughtful, they're intelligent, they have good ideas. These are Marxists who are going to make do the same things to America, to try to do the same things to America as Chavez did to Venezuela and Castro did to Cuba. We have to rise up and reject it. Okay, I want to hit this, uh, you know, we're talking about this um, effort of the left. Among the many things I'm going to be focusing on more and more is how much America gets, uh, gets manipulated by the, what the term now frequently uses, psyops, you know, psych psychological operations, where people are targeted and, and manipulated into seeing things a certain way, into being angry over certain things, to viewing certain issues a certain way. They're targeted by very, very, very smart people who spend a lot of time collecting data. This was another piece of that Shadowgate, uh, the Millie Weaver's piece, Shadowgate. Another piece of it, a huge piece of it, was talking about how, the idea that there are people who have, for our military, for decades engaged in psych op, psychological operations against our enemies, trying to figure out how do you orchestrate the people of this country to vote for X and not Y? How do you manipulate people? And they've used that against the American people. The radical left in this country has used that tactic against the American people to turn us against ourselves, to turn us against loving America. Just ask yourself, how did it become after a country that is majority white elected a black president two elections in a row, two elections in a row, and yet the moment he's gone, we have a new president, all of a sudden, every university in America, every media outlet, every radical leftist, every Democrat member of the House or Senate is incessantly talking about systemic racism, institutional racism. We have this massive problem. Didn't, didn't even hear about that in, under, in eight years under Obama. Didn't even hear about that in the preceding decades because America has done a wonderful job on race. Not a perfect job, but a wonderful job. But this 
this infecting the American psyche with the concept of institutional racism and, and structural racism is a psychological operation to turn Americans who are not aware what's happening to them against their country. But I wanted to hit in the post office very briefly. There is an effort on the left, as we've talked about in the show, to try to push mail-in ballots around the country. I have a very, and, and mail-in ballots are a different thing than an absentee ballot. I have a quick clip from President Trump this morning. Matt, the wonderful has it. This is what Trump, he made this distinction this morning at a press conference at the White House. Chuck Schumer should get back into Washington and they should approve stimulus for the people. They should give, we should give some of the, this was China's fault, it wasn't their fault. And we'd like to see payment going to the people, maybe PPE, but we want pay, uh, payment going to the people. Uh, we'll take care of the post office. We want to make sure that the post office runs properly, and it hasn't run properly for many years. But okay, there, I tell you, there was a longer piece than that, but uh, the gist of what he was saying, what Trump said in this clip, I, I, I probably sent Matt the wrong time, uh, time parameters, but Trump said, look, Mail-in ballots are one thing. You request a mail-in ballot, an absentee ballot, and because you send in the form, they send you the ballot, and then you fill it out and send it in. That is an absentee ballot made, filled out by someone who requested it. That's what an absentee or mail-in ballot is. And so, and he's done them, many people have done them. Our military does it overseas, uh, our diplomats overseas, people who are disabled for other reasons can't get out of their homes, they do those. What the left is talking about is a massive mail-in ballot effort where they're basically going to mail out ballots to people who didn't ask for them. Stories abound all over the news and the internet pointing out people getting three or four ballots. What's to stop them from voting them all? It's a massive effort. And I'm getting, the point of this in this today's story is what the left is doing is attacking the uh, President Trump for his effort to clean up the post office and trying to say that he's trying to prevent mail-in ballots. He is trying to prevent mail-in fraud, which the left is trying to perpetrate. He is trying to stop it. But this entire attack by the Democrat Party on the post office is another psych op, another psychological operation against the American people, another effort to dupe the American people into thinking that President Trump is interfering with fairness with the post office. There are changes at the post office very quickly. Uh, we'll get to this probably later, another story, another show, but very quickly at the post office, there is a new person in charge at the post office uh, who was brought in by Trump. Uh, and the reason in part he was brought in is because the post office is extremely inefficient. And the new guy's name, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, is basically saying, you know, if you ran this like a private business, you wouldn't have all these overtime hours. You have overtime hours because of the structure of your day at the post office. So he's been making changes. He is not making the post office unworkable. He is not trying to make the impossible for mail-in ballots to happen. He's trying, this postmaster is trying to, this new postmaster general is trying to fix problems internally at the post office. The left sees that, sees that Trump is trying to fix the problem at the post office, saying, oh, another opportunity to turn the people against President Trump, another opportunity to engage in a psychological operation against the American people, another opportunity to tell the American people that, you know, look at your president, he's trying to interfere with the mail-in ballots. Again, he is rightfully opposing the massive mail-in ballot fraud the left wants to do. 
He is cleaning up the post office. And this is another thing the left saw an opportunity to attack Trump. And so they are doing that. Uh, House Democrat leaders have announced they're going to have an investigation of U.S. postal leaders based on absolutely nothing at all. There's more in the post office, but I want to hit one last story and I got to wrap up for today, uh, which my one last story today, this was kind of fun. So last night was a little bit late. Um, and my phone's going off texting. And usually my friends don't text me this late. It was pretty late. But I have a friend who lives in Florida. I've known forever. And she and her husband were in this Trump flotilla, this Trump boat parade uh, uh, launching out of Clearwater, uh, the Clearwater uh, Florida uh, launch boat launch. And they believe they have set a new Guinness Book of World Records for number of boats in a boat parade. It, the previous record was like 1,200 or something like that in, in some other country. Uh, they, as of the time they started their flotilla at 1,800 boats had paid, registered and paid to be in the little the boat parade. They thought they actually had 2,000 by the end of the day. But these are people out in the water in Florida. And these are happening all over the country, happening in the great state of Texas and lakes around here and rivers around here, happening all over the country. People coming out to say, we support Trump. I sent Matt the wonderful the clip my friend sent me. the whole clip I think it was like I don't know how it was like a minute or more than a minute so my friend who's in these parades is sending me I mean like five videos texting but I, I want to close the show by saying this there is tremendous enthusiasm on the part of many Americans to come out and vote for President Trump this fall tremendous enthusiasm there's a tremendous effort by the American left to squelch that energy, squelch that, to crush that optimism, to keep telling the American people that Biden is ahead in the polls, to keep telling the American people that everyone's supposed to hate President Trump. This is a long-term, over four years now, psychological operation by the leftists in this country to continue telling the American people you really don't love the America of its founding. You really don't love freedom. You really don't want this country to be everything it can be. You really do want to have the radical left take charge. The leftists in this country are determined to dampen the enthusiasm, the excitement that is around this country in support of Trump. And I'm here to tell you, folks, it is going to take a massive effort on the part of Trump supporters, of conservatives, of people who still want America to be the land of the free and home of the brave and the land of opportunity to be in this fight. Because what we're watching is a death grip effort by the left to destroy not just a Trump presidency, but far bigger to destroy this massive, overwhelming, exciting uh, effort to bring back what Trump brought back to America, which was love of America, to bring back that love of the founding ideas of America, the goodness of America, the spirit of Americanism. That's what Trump brought back. That's what the left hates. And that's what they're going to spend all they can, money, time, and effort between now and November 20th, November 3rd, 2020, telling you that you don't really want all this great America after all, or it isn't really great. The people see the real story. And if we can keep the Democrats from cheating, which will be a huge endeavor, if we can keep the Democrats from cheating, I predict we will have a Trump landslide. 
And now, my friends, I'm going to turn and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. We start our very first story, why Trump derangement syndrome, why the constant anti-Trump hysteria, why the resort to lies and fabrications of evidence in the Russia collusion hoax, why the resort to fake whistleblowers in the Ukraine impeachment scam, why the relentless determination to remove Trump from office instead of defeating him, why the crazed level of orchestrated riots, not even slightly organic. Americans are starting to recognize and wonder Trump derangement syndrome is too over the top to be explained by conventional politics and personalities or to be explained by facts on the ground. Millie Weaver and Shadowgate and retired Pfizer judge Rosemary Collier may hold the keys. Is Trump a threat to expose the Obama administration's abuse of the surveillance state long before the 2016 election against any and all opposition as defined by the Obama administration? And Democrat convention is the Marxist revolution. Joe Biden won his U.S. Senate seat in 1972 against a GOP incumbent opponent with 81% approval rating in a state, Delaware, carried by GOP Nixon with 65% of the vote. And he, Biden, won by just a little over 3,200 votes. With the explicit backing of the Council for a Livable World, a Russia-funded organization with express purpose of advocating for the crippling of U.S. defense spending, a cause which Biden has reliably supported ever since. Biden and Harris are radical leftists. They support killing the filibuster to pass the Green New Deal. That's how much they want this Marxist Green New Deal. The 2020 election is not just another presidential campaign. It's potentially country-changing, freedom-ending. Vote Trump as if living in freedom depends upon it, because it does. And finally, we talk about Democrats go postal over mail-in ballots and why they matter to you. Democrats' hysteria is again over the top. Claim of Trump defunding the United States Postal Service in relation to the 2020 election is ridiculous and false. The fuss over his USPS security photos from 2016 is irrelevant. Is irrelevant. Fuss over Postmaster General trying to reduce overtime expenses is standard management activity. Mail-in ballots are not akin to the absentee ballot process. Potential for cheating is off the charts and everyone knows it. And that's exactly why the Democrats want it. Be a sentinel against the fraud where you live. Let them know you are watching. Do not allow it to happen. And this, my very fine friends, is my show for today. Oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm going away. I want to do the Florida boat parade. So sorry. Clearwater, Florida achieves a world record over 2,000 boats in a Trump parade over the weekend. Americans, believe what you see with your eyes. Do not be demoralized by mainstream media propaganda and the psychops. Psyops. All positive enthusiasm is on the side of pro-America Trump. Nothing is motivating Biden's support besides hate Trump. Trump can win in a landslide if all patriots turn out. And now, my friends, that is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for listening. Every Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can you America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear